on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Rudy's, welcome to the Aggie's Coaches Show. Brought to you by Ruby's, home of the Aggie Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of the Aggie Coaches Show as we make the transition from football to basketball as uh, we'll get you ready for a bowl game a little bit later on. But, hey, we're focusing on a 9-1 and Utah State basketball team as Danny Sprinkle is in for the first ever Danny Sprinkle Coaches Show. Coach, how the heck are you? Good. Man, it's awesome to I, be here, especially uh, especially coming off a couple wins. Yeah, no and doubt. And getting ready for a big bowl game with the football team. Big bowl game. You've got a big week coming up. This is uh, yeah. a, kind of an interesting time, and we'll talk about it because you got to deal with, uh, you know, I know people forget sometimes these are still students. Yeah. And when it's students, it's finals, and you you got to deal with that and a road trip and playing down in Salt Lake. So you got a lot on your plate coming up this week. But uh, off to a 9-1 and one start as we're live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. Love for you to come by, hang out with us. And uh, because I like everybody, I'm going to give you a free appetizer. Actually, it's Thad that's going to give you a free appetizer. But everybody comes by, you get a free appetizer. Uh, chips and queso. Ajay, good? Thumbs up? All right. Everybody comes on by. We're going to give you some chips and queso. Let's hook you up. But, Coach, 9-1, um, and one, uh, and I know that you're only a third of the way through the season. It is a long, and you've got a beast of a Mountain West Conference schedule coming up. But, overall, give me your impressions on what you've seen through the first 10 games of the year. Yeah, you know, really happy, obviously, with the 9-1 and one record. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but I think, you know, the way, the way our guys have kind of competed and just kind of showed up every game, you know, I'm proud of the group, you know, especially with a bunch of new guys, you know, coming together, really excited about how they're sharing the ball and, and playing together, you know, playing team defense like they're covering for each other. And, you know, that's a sign of a good team. You know, we found a way to win some close games and then we played well. You know, we've kind of seen every type of style that we're going to see. And, uh, you know, hopefully that helps us, as you mentioned, down in uh, Mountain West play. Well, there's there's no doubt about it, too. And coming off uh, the the win against Irvine, the win against San Diego and obviously Northwest Nazarene, there's little things that you can nitpick and, and really say, okay, we got to get better at this and address that because even in a win, there's certain certain things you can address and certain things you can work on. Yeah, you know, and it, it, obviously it's a lot easier to, to yeah. coach off of a win, and you can kind of coach them harder off a win. You know, but I think, you know, every time we show film after games, you know, that's the one thing that excites me about this team is we have so much room to grow. You know, like we, we still have some habits that we got to change that – you know, once we do, I think we can become a, a pretty dang good team, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side of the basketball. So overall, um, when you look at great Osibor, who you brought with you uh, from Montana State, and you had a really great big that started for you at Montana State, and he came off the bench, sixth man of the year in the Big Sky Conference. And I think that there were some questions about going from being the sixth man to being the guy and being yep. the focus of the team. And for the most part, I think he's handled that transition really well. He has, you know, and like he showed flashes, you know, the last two years, you know, at Montana State, you know, being the guy, you know, like he had some, he had some big games and, and, you know, and I don't say it lightly, like I, I really think he would have been, you know, he would have been the, you know, the best player in the Big Sky Conference this year, uh, you know, if Darius went to Ben yeah. and, uh, you know, but I think, you know, he's just kind of coming into his own and, you know, people forget, I forget, you know, he's only 20 years old. Like he's still, he's still a pup. 
you know, and uh, his body's really changed, you know, this year and, and uh, you know, his, his maturity and, you know, kind of how serious he's taking practice and competing. And so, you know, the sky's the limit for him. He's still got a ton of, you know, room for improvement. Uh, but, you know, really excited the way he's handled, you know, not only his success this year, but the way he's, you know, he's the focal point of everybody's scouting report every night and he showed up. That's going to continue, and the uh, the post threats that he's going to go up against throughout the Mountain West Conference, those guys are big, they're oh, yeah. strong, and he's going to go up against some battles. Do you feel like he's trending in the right direction where he can handle those? Yeah, no, he is. He is, you know, because he's he's a big, wide body, and he's oh, skilled. Yeah. Like, he's, he's hard to guard. And, uh, you know, he's going to be hard for, you know, guys in our league to guard too. But when they're able to throw multiple guys at him and double teams and things like that, like, that's where – that's where he's got to improve. And, you know, he's got to be able to, you know, play through adversity a little bit because, you know, we're going to face it. And, uh, you know, and we need we need guys to, you know, continue to play well off of him. You know, he's going to garner a lot of attention. And, you know, he's a good passer. He's a willing passer. And so when he makes those passes, we got to make teams pay by, you know, knocking down threes. Was he a Coach Haslam get? Yeah. Yeah. He uh, – we, well, we got lucky. Um, you know, obviously Coach Haslam is from England, did a tremendous job recruiting him. And uh, but we got him during COVID, like we never saw him. And uh, you know when we kind of recruited him, he was like a six five. You know we thought kind of a four three. No kidding. Yeah, because he shot a lot of threes over yeah. there, and they played at the European line. And then he, you know, the more film we kept watching, we're like, this kid's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, the the thing that makes him good though is he he's got a mean streak to him. You know, like like he he's he you know he's not a guy that you're gonna want to get into a tussle with because he. Like, he'll smack you. And, uh, you know, but er every good player has that that kind of snap in them. You and I talked about this uh, in the postgame show with Spencer Nelson. Uh, Toughness is an interesting intangible when you try to recruit it. And I can't imagine that's got to be tough during when you're recruiting in 2020 and you're just looking at film and you can't really identify, is this guy really tough? Does he really have an attitude? Does he Is he going to mesh with, with the locker room? But how hard is that to identify when you're out on the recruiting trail? watching a kid play who more often than not is probably the best player on the court yeah and so he doesn't have to be tough because his talent will overshine a lot of those intangible things that that he may have or not have yeah no it's the hardest thing to gauge you know the hardest thing to gauge is obviously toughness you know some guys have a motor you know where you can tell if they're playing hard all the time yeah you know like like mason i imagine in high school he's the same he's like a you know speedy gonzalez out there like he's just flying around that's what he does and that's what makes him great but, you know, to really see, like, what, what's their toughness when things aren't going good? You know, like, how are they going to respond to adversity? You know, when teams are being physical with them and refs may not be calling fouls and, you know, are they going to step in and make the charge or get the big rebound? Like, that's the toughness that I'm talking about. Um, you've got uh, some big games coming up this week. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow you guys are going to hop on a plane. You'll head to San Jose to take on Santa Clara. Um, they've had a couple struggles, but obviously that's a really good team you're playing. Really good team. You know, I mean, I watched them, you know, obviously they, you know, they beat Oregon uh, pretty good. They've had some really good wins, you know. Lately, you know, they dropped a couple, but, I mean, to really good teams. You know, I mean, they lost to New Mexico last Saturday, and New Mexico's rolling. But they're uh, they're just a typical Herb Sendek coach team. You know, I mean, they're really disciplined. They take good shots. They can shoot from, you know, pretty much all five positions. They're skilled. And, uh, you know, they'll be the biggest team that we've played. Like, they have great size and great length. And so, no, it'll, we got our work cut out for us, and we're going to have to, uh, you know, like we talked about, we're going to have to shore up some of the, 
you know, deficiencies that we've had the last couple games on the defensive side of the ball. Well, and Herb's really loaded up on the schedule, too. I mean, they played Stanford, Oregon, Ohio State, Cal. Uh, they, you know, they played New Mexico. I mean, they're battle-tested. No, they are. I mean, they've played a high-major schedule, and, uh, you know, and that's what he does. But like I said, you know, they got, they got good enough and players and big enough and physical enough bodies to do that. Uh, but just with that schedule, you know, you can see that he knew his team was going to be pretty good this year. Yeah. Do you uh, – does a lot of your scheduling in the past when you were at Montana State, um, do you schedule year to year based on kind of who's there, who's coming back, and the veteran, you know, experience you have on your team as opposed to maybe if you don't have a lot of experience, yeah. you, you schedule differently? Yeah. You know, and, and my last three years, like, we knew we were going to be pretty good uh, all three of those years, and we couldn't. Like, we couldn't get teams to play us. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Especially, go, you, yeah. no way they're going to Bozeman. No, yeah. like, you know, I only played probably like five Division One home games in the non-conference in my four years there. You know, wow. we, we couldn't get anybody to come. And, uh, you know, we had to go play Arizona. We had to go play Colorado and Oregon and, you know, in schools like that. But, you know, that's. You know, that's the life of, you know, the big skies and big west. Well, and, and from Stu to Tim to oh, yeah. Craig, I mean, that's the same complaint they've always had up here too. Yeah, you know, it's hard. I mean, and I hope nobody is listening that wants to come play here, but, like, why would why would, like, why would you want to come? Like, it's hard. Like, yeah. you know, you want to, when you're scheduling, you're like, okay, we may have a chance to go win that game. Yeah. You know, and when teams come into the spectrum, like, I think it's awesome. Like our first year at Montana State, we came down because I wanted our guys to play in that environment. You know, I knew that would help us when we went and played at University of Montana and schools like that. And so, you know, I always took it, you know, I loved, you know, playing at Arizona last year. You know, when you're playing in front of a crazy crowd or Grand Canyon, like that's what college basketball is all about. And I think that's the that's the experience that visiting teams get when they come to the spectrum. Well, that was one of the better teams that uh, has played at Utah State. You went toe to toe. What's Harold Fry up to these days? Yeah, he's he's playing tremendous. He's at uh, he's in Germany. He's in the top league in Germany. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and he's killing it. He's playing. He's playing unbelievable. He uh, he was supposed to be with the Golden State Warriors uh, last summer, and he hurt his ankle before. Uh, before, like a week before, he was supposed to fly that's over. A, that's a really good fit oh, with that oh, team. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. yeah, but he'll he'll be there someday. You know, and he's just he's like Justin Bean and these guys. Like he's just an unbelievable kid that yeah. just happens to be great at basketball. Um, I and this this is what you're gonna find on these shows. I take me. Yeah, know, we we'll, we'll exactly. take some meandering routes here and there. But back to Santa Clara. Uh, just looking at some of their analytics, uh, they're only using about 15 seconds, 15 seconds of possession. I mean, it seems like they're getting shots off pretty they, quick. They, they play fast, especially in transition. Uh, you know, they play fast. If if they're open, they shoot it, uh, and then they're crashing the glass. You know, and they got four guys on the floor at all times that you know can really shoot the three. And, uh, you know, but a lot of it comes, too, with, you know, turnovers and, and stops. Like, they're, they're pushing that thing quick. So, you know, we have to do a, a much better job in transition D than we have the last two games. Uh, the other thing that I think is really interesting about your team right now is you're shooting an extremely high percentage from two, which all, usually means you're getting shots at the rim, which you yeah. are. Um, is that skill? Is it offensive sets? Like, what, I'm, I'm, the answer is a combination of everything. But it seems like guys are running good sets running good stuff, running it well, and getting shots at the rim. They are, and I think we're doing a good job attacking the paint, you know, like whether it's with the drive or with post feeds. Um, and then, you know, when you go to the first kind of five or six games of the year, you know, we, we were scoring a lot in transition off steals and missed shots like Josh and Mason, Max getting steals and dunks. Um, you know, and, and the one thing I think they we really have is, you know, we have guys that can finish. You know, it's kind of one of those – 
you know, you don't – a lot of teams, they'll, they'll get in there, but they won't finish. Yeah. You know, especially over length. And that's one thing I think, you know, Max – or uh, Mason's tremendous at it. And uh, even Max and Josh are really good. When they get five feet and in, you know, I mean, you can pretty much count it. Yeah, and and we're seeing a team that's really feasting and turning turnovers into points in transition. I have you always and we, well when we had our first conversation, you know, I looked at some of your stuff from Montana State, and you said, well, we had two bigs, we're going to play a little differently with those two bigs than we would if we didn't. And right now, are you getting a good sense of the identity of this team? Have you played it's ten games enough yeah. to really know who you are? Uh, a little bit, you know. I think it's still coming, but you know, I think for the most part we kind of know who we are now um you know like we're we're good in transition when multiple guys are pushing it up the floor you know it doesn't have to be get a rebound outlet at the darius now obviously that's option number one but if mason or josh or even great like when they get it off the rebound like if they push it we can play faster yeah and uh and i think that it's been really good for us so far because it's it's hard to match up with in transition defense, you know, depending on what offensive play they ran or where they're at. You know, a lot of times their their floor balance isn't great when we're pushing it that fast. We're going to chat with Darius Brown coming up here a little bit later on in our third segment. Andy Hill's going to join us in our second. But, Coach, I wanted to talk a little bit about Darius because I believe he averaged about 4.7, 4.8 assists last year at Montana State. Here he's eight. Yep. Um, what do you attribute that huge increase in assists to? Yeah, I mean, similarly, you know, he probably should have – he should have averaged a lot more last year. Like, yeah. We weren't a very good shooting team last year. and You know, I mean, he should have probably had three more assists per game. And a lot of times, too, you know, we had kind of like great where we'd hit him, we'd back these guys down. And, you know, we did a tremendous job at the free throw line last year where a lot of guys would – you know, they'd get fouled when he gave them the assist and they wouldn't make it, but they'd make the free throws. And so he didn't get credit for those assists because, I mean, he, he would have been easily – eight a game last year but he's one of those throwback point guards that just one of those guys you want to play with like he's always looking to pass the ball and when I say he like throws guys into shots you know our post guys will be posting up and he'll throw it to the area where only they can go catch it and they just have to catch and score it and uh you know that's a there's not many point guards like that in the country I don't think people really truly appreciate how hard some of those entry passes can be yeah and yeah and not only yeah entry pass passes over the top uh, lob passes and things like that. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's one of the uh, probably the most undercoached thing right now. Like when we get players, they don't know how to make post feeds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it comes from the high school. I don't know, but we don't, you know, they we have to teach them from the ground up how to feed the post. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's a skill set yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is a skill set. Well, Coach, we're going to let you grab a bite to eat. We're going to chat with Andy Hill coming up next and then uh, Darius Brown in our third segment that – you're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show, brought to you in part by USU Credit Union, serving true Aggie since 1957 and is the only credit union conveniently located on campus. Make sure to visit the branch inside the University Welcome Center or one of the six locations around Cash Valley. USU Credit Union, smart, local, convenient. Live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill, this is uh, Aggie Basketball from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Remember, Utah State football going to Boise for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on Saturday, December 23rd. Tickets start at just 20 bucks and are available at utahstateaggies.com slash tickets. Get your tickets. In fact, do what I uh, am planning on doing. The night before, we'll call the basketball game, and then we'll just day trip it to Boise the next day. Watch, uh, watch a little Aggie football, and uh, off we go. All right. 
assistant coach for this uh, Utah State men's basketball team, Andy Hill, kind enough to join us. Coach, how the heck are you? Doing great. Getting ready for a little dinner. And There uh, you go. Yeah, got a little Monday Night Football. I feel a little bit bad because right when you came over here, now the appetizer showed up. And know. you know those dudes are going to polish that off before you get back there. Yeah, no, I don't need it, though. It's good. <laughs> we'll try to make it quick. Good timing. Hey, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but uh, – uh, I, I've been uh, I've been watching you for a long time. Obviously, I work in Salt Lake. I do a radio show down there. Uh, Larry Kraskoviak at the University of Utah on that staff for, there for so many years, and uh, you know, obviously, I had a lot of great moments down there. But kind of take talk, you know, walk us through your path on how you ended up here at Utah State, and because being an assistant coach and being a coach in in any collegiate sport, it's tough, man. Yeah. A lot of traveling, a lot of moving the family around. What's it been like for you? Yeah, well, the, there was 18 years there where I was at uh, two spots. I was uh, lucky enough to be at the University of Montana with Larry Kristoviak and, and Wayne Tinkle for eight years, yeah. uh, which was awesome. You were part of that team that got the uh, NCAA tournament victory, right? Correct. We won in the Huntsman Center, yep. actually, yep. versus uh, Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, so that was awesome. 12-5 matchup, I want to yeah. say? Yep. Yeah, we were 12, had a great year, and so fun to be a part of and then I spent 10 years at Utah so I I was really fortunate for 18 years to be in two spots and then after Utah I went to New Mexico uh, for a season and uh, wanted to get back up this way I have a a lake place in Montana that I absolutely love Uh, it's my happy place and so I wanted to get closer back to that to spend some time there so the opportunity came at Montana State and I, I knew Danny and had watched him and uh, was really fortunate to, to go and be a part of that team last year at Montana State because good group of guys. Danny had created an excellent culture, uh, and it was easy to be a part of. So I went there for a season uh, after New Mexico, and then the opportunity came here, and, and it fit. Uh, I'm familiar with the state of Utah. haven't yeah. been in it 10 years. I enjoy living here. Uh, I know that some of the people, and I've always followed the Aggie program because Stu Morrill uh, was actually a Montana guy and came through that place and so I've always followed him and when he was at Utah State followed it closely and then knew some of those guys after him and who were assistants with him and obviously this has always been a great basketball place. So when you're uh, when you're at New Mexico obviously you play Utah State so you you, you know what the spectrum's like and you know what this is all about and uh, the uh, what what it's like and obviously the pit's a monster of its own as well but there's so many great venues across this conference. Yeah, it's interesting. Being a part of the Pac-12, there was uh, some good, obviously, home courts. And then being in the Mountain West, it was impressive uh, between the pit and the spectrum. Some of these arenas, you know, San Diego State, Boise's turned into a great spot. Yeah. So the the Mountain West has really become a great basketball conference and full of a lot of uh, good home venues. I actually only have played at the Spectrum one time prior to this year. Oh, really? It was when I was at New Mexico. We never played up here when I was at Utah, uh, and I was really impressed. Uh, we came in here, had a okay New Mexico team, and they beat the brakes off us. So <laughs> it was uh, it was a rough night from a, from an opponent point of view, but I was certainly impressed with Spectrum. So there's so many things that you're on the hook for and, and that, that you've got to do. One of them is recruiting, mm-hmm. and you've been around college athletics for a long time, and you and I talked off the air a little bit about the changing world of NIL and what that's like and what you're dealing with right now. Just how difficult, uh, maybe difficult's not the word, but how challenging has the last two years been for you and all the other coaches across college athletics trying to adapt to this new world? 
Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I think sometimes when you're a coach, you can find one or two ways to, to look at it. You can complain uh, and kind of be one of those people, and there's certainly those out there, or you can just kind of figure it out yeah. and, and adapt. And I think right now, more than ever, the good ones are adapting and welcoming some of the new challenges. Uh, do we all love it? No. But is it part of what it is and we have to adapt and, and get good at it? Absolutely. Um, I think the challenge is just there's so many balls up in the air at times. It's hard to maintain stability. That's one thing that at Montana State we were really fortunate last year to have a veteran group. Uh, and obviously coming here it was like, wow, here we go, 11 guys yeah. in, in two months. So it was definitely a challenge that way. But I look at it like this, man. You get to get up every day and, and be a coach. Uh, and Larry used to have the best saying, you could be digging ditches for a living. And yeah. nothing against digging ditches, but it's pretty dang cold when it comes this time of year. So we get to get up and coach these guys. And obviously it was a challenge last spring, but kind of take it on and put a smile on and be positive and, and try to do the best job you can. So you can comment on this any way you want, but I uh, I heard an interview from Lane Kiffin, who coaches Old Miss in football, and he said back in the day, and back in the day, we're talking like four years ago, if you really wanted to make an impact on a kid, you wanted to blow up your facilities and make it look super nice and yep. super flashy and, and, and all of that. And he said, in his opinion, and I would agree with him, and you can go with this any way you want, um, if you really want to um, make a difference in terms of recruiting, you find your collective and you put your money in the in, in the collective because that matters a little bit more to kids now than facilities is the money that goes in their back pocket. Yeah, I would say he's right. Uh, we're fortunate here at Utah State to have great facilities. For sure, yeah. Spectrum's awesome. Weight room's awesome. Uh, practice facilities awesome. Offices are great. We can view the mountains and look outside. So we're fortunate here. So I can speak from that standpoint of, yes, if you really want to make a difference, the collective's where it's at right now. And it's easy to say that here because we have good facilities and we're fortunate that way. So the collective is, is going to be a big part of the future of college athletics it's going to be a big part of the competitive programs who are going to maintain success and it's a twofold deal like number one you've got to be able to retain the players you have and keep a roster together like if you look at the situation here last spring there's a lot of players lost that you would like to have here this year because uh, they were Aggies. Yeah. But opportunities presented themselves, and there was obviously a change in coaches. Then you look at the roster this year, and it would be our goal and our challenge this spring to make sure that we keep this roster intact going into next year because we have some great Aggies. Then you have the second part of it, which is recruiting, and it absolutely is a part of recruiting. They have opportunities out there right now that they are afforded, and part of the equation is exactly that. And you have to be competitive in that space to allow them the opportunity to do that. And it's not everything. Is, is it one thing like just the collective? No, you have to have a good experience, you know, uh, a good basketball program. That's part of it. But absolutely the collective's part of it. Because I'm sure that there were guys that you brought with you and 
and you know I won't name names, but I'm sure that there are guys that you got to come here to Utah State that probably had significant opportunities financially to go other places, but they were familiar with the culture that you guys had and that you would build and realize, okay, these guys are going to take care of me. So that's part of it. But at the end of the day, these are young men who want to get a good start on their future, and I totally understand why you know you would look at some financial opportunities going forward too. So again, uh, the Blue A Collective is such a vital part of what Utah State's building, and Gary Anderson and, and the Law family are doing tremendous work in really building that thing and getting to where it needs to be. And uh, I would highly suggest you be an active part of that. And uh, if you have an opportunity, uh, check out that Blue A Collective and uh, and help out any way that you can. Um, how is, and I know you got to be careful about this, mm-hmm. but uh, how is recruiting going? Because I know you guys are on the road. You're having conversations. I know you can't talk specific about names, but yeah. do you get the vibe that you're getting into some living rooms and having good conversations with kids? Yeah, absolutely. I thought we had a good early signing period. We addressed some, some areas of need uh, with some high school kids, and those, those guys I can talk about because they're already signed. So we're excited about them and the future with them. Utah State's a basketball place. Like, people respect this place. Yeah. When you talk to them about basketball on the spectrum, like, their eyes light up, especially when you send them some of the material. Uh, so it's an easy place to sell that way for sure. Obviously, we've got a roster right now that we're still learning, and we've got some pieces, I think, for the future, and we've got to kind of identify come this spring again where we're at retention-wise, and then the areas of need that we'll need going into the the spring signing period. But I think we've got a good start on it. Obviously, first and foremost here at Utah State, there's a blueprint. You better have some local kids from the state of Utah. And Danny and I spoke about it when he first took the job. Like, that's priority one. We And and we've been lucky enough to make some inroads there. And obviously, there's some good Utah kids in the program, guys that I was familiar with having been at Utah and guys we recruited at Utah. So that, first and foremost, is is the number one. We've got to recruit this state because there's some good basketball players, and we want to keep that going. And then there's a blueprint with some transfers. You know, you you want to mix in, uh, not be totally transfer heavy uh, throughout the course of time, but you definitely want to mix in some transfers in order to compensate some areas of need and, and things like that. So I feel as if it's going really well, and we'll keep at it. One thing with Danny is he's not afraid to get in there and get after it. He's he's not a head coach that uh, sits on his hands recruiting-wise. Uh, he gets after it and, and gets in the mix, and he's calling kids and wants to make it a priority. And I think the other thing here at Utah State that I know over the course of time is it's been a roster full of good people. Yeah. And first, first, along with the state of Utah, is making sure that we have the right mentality and the right people in the room. And I think that's one thing this spring that Coach did a good job of is we made sure that we had the right people in the room. You, uh, it, it, This has been full circle for you because you were part of the staff that signed Mason Falslev yeah. at the University of Utah. Now <laughs> yeah. you come to Utah State, he's here. Yeah. Uh, that young man has gone two years on a mission, mm-hmm. redshirted last year, now finally playing competitive basketball. Boy, he's playing really well. Yeah, he is. Mace is, uh, he, I've known him for a long time, and I'm happy to be here with him. Uh, he's a special young man, and I think he has a special future. And again, he's he's one of the state's own. I mean, right here in Logan, Utah. So there's there's part of that in him, and, and we've talked about it. We met with him this, uh, you know, this fall. Danny does some player meetings, and one of the things I mentioned to him is you have an opportunity to be an Aggie great. 
You know, you grew up around it. You know it. You, you've seen it. Uh, you've been around some of the great ones. And so go be that guy. And so hopefully uh, we have many years with him here at Utah State. Well, uh, people you don't get behind the scenes very often, but as you walk past your locker room in the spectrum, um, there's these massive pictures that have been blown up of great Aggies that have played yep. here. You know, Greg Grant and Spencer Nilsson and J.C. Carroll and Ty Wesley and Sam Merrill and Namiya Shkada. And I got to imagine when you got a hometown kid, you're like, hey, we want you to have your poster on that wall mm -hmm. as one of the greats to ever play here. And that's got to be a huge motivating factor for these kids. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the things that, that Coach did uh, this spring and over the summer is we had all the ex-players come in and talk to the team about Logan, about Utah State, about the program, the history, the tradition, because a lot of these kids, they hadn't been familiar with it. They hadn't experienced it. So each one of those guys had a different message, but all the messages were valuable, and they did a great job, I think, of explaining to the guys what this program is, stands for, has been about, and the things that have helped carry it through uh, the past however many years. I mean, all the way back to Jimmy Moore came and spoke. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It was good as a coach to just sit there and listen and, and let them talk about their story. And I learned a lot. And then also, what again, what this program is about. And I think that is blue collar. It's a blue collar mentality of hard work and, and toughness. And there's been a lot of guys before us that have established that. And it's our job to uh, caretake and keep it going. Coach mentioned uh, that scheduling is kind of a nightmare at Utah State. Not an easy thing to do to get people to Logan. Are you involved? I know uh, as outside of game plans and stuff like that, each one of you guys have different things. Are you involved yep. in scheduling too? Uh, I, I help when needed, but really it's Coach Haslam. He's okay. the one that's in charge of scheduling. And it is a challenge because, yeah, you got twofold. I mean, you've got traveling here, which isn't easy. And then you've got playing in the spectrum, which isn't easy. So it's not an easy sell that way. Um, obviously, there's some coaches that want to come bring their team and experience that. But it's definitely not an easy task. All right, big games this week, Santa Clara and then San Francisco. Kind of give me your keys on what you guys need to do this week. Yeah, it'll be an interesting week for us. Uh, obviously, it's finals week. And then we're traveling to Santa Clara. Kind of two different styles uh, of basketball from what I've seen. Uh, Santa Clara is definitely uh, offensively a very potent team. And uh, they, you know, they've kind of like, I think here recently, lost a couple. So I'm sure they're going to be ready to roar at home and, and, and after us, which will be a, a big challenge. And playing on the road is never easy. And then we have the opportunity uh, to go and play San Francisco, who's one of the nation's best defensive teams by the numbers right now. So they have a little bit different style, but very effective at what they do. And that'll be a big challenge. And obviously, you know, playing in Salt Lake's great, but you want to play as many games in the spectrum as you can, honestly. Now, having been here and witnessed it from our, the right side of the bench, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a place you want to play as many home games. So, I mean, it's a great opportunity to go down to Salt Lake and maybe play in front of some of those fans down there and at the Jazz Arena. Uh, but, boy, we sure would love to have them in the spectrum. Well, Coach, your food just arrived, so I'm right going to shut up and let you go grab a bite to eat. But it's uh, it's a pleasure yep. getting to know you. Look yep. forward to chatting with you more throughout the season, and uh, good luck this week. Should be a fun one. Yeah, thanks for having me. Go Aggies. There you go. Andy Hill, assistant coach on this Utah State basketball team. Hey, Aggie fans, as Utah State Athletics kicks off the holiday season, make sure to join the Warming Cash Valley Goods Drive presented by Alta Bank. 
Uh, donations of goods will be collected at Alta Bank locations in Cache Valley throughout the month of December. The drive will conclude on Friday, December 22nd, with donations being collected at that basketball game that night. So let's help keep our neighbors warm this winter. We're live here at Ruby's Pizzeria and Grill. It's the Aggie Coaches Show. Darius Brown's going to join us next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. All right, welcome on back. You're listening to the Aggie Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. We got to get you out of here, Darius Brown, because uh, Danny Sprinkle just walked over to your plate, and that steak's just sitting there. So we can't let Coach take over that steak from you. Can't let him do that. Uh, what? Uh, were you medium rare guy? Is there any particular way? Uh, just medium. I like medium. I like medium. Right? A little, little bit on the pinker side. Yeah, a little bit. There you go. Well, Darius Brown, number one in the country in assist to turnover ratio. Um, do you keep track of stats like that? Is that something that uh, you, you always try to keep tabs on, or do you just go out there and just try to play? Uh, I just go out and try to play, but, I mean, there's people that remind me, like, after the game and stuff like that. So it, it's it's nice. The, you know, today was nice. A lot of people blowing me up and stuff, you know, being uh, first in assists and assist to turnover ratio now. So two categories or three categories now. Yeah. So that's great. You know, and it's – I got to imagine, too, that it's – difficult to do that when you're playing with guys that I mean you played with great but other than that these are new dudes and 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 to try to get that chemistry going 10 games into the season we're still early on but yet to still put up those kind of numbers is really impressive yeah I mean the guys everybody just clicked you know from the beginning you know we did a lot of things off the court to kind of make sure that we're all together and bonding and all that type of stuff and it's all paid off because on the court everybody Everybody feels comfortable with each other, and that's what you want to have when you're playing together. So it, it's been a, it's been a great off season, and now into the season, everything's carried over, and it, and it's starting to show. So it's always nice. I asked Mason about it, and he attributed it to uh, to the Cayman Islands, where you guys got away from school, you got away from everybody else, and it was just you. And I know that uh, you know I would be walking outside the hotel, and I'd see a bunch of guy, a bunch of teams out on the beach having fun, and coach street like a business trip i mean you guys had some fun that last night after the championship but other than that it was it was a work trip for you guys yeah there was yeah we're there wasn't a there wasn't much leisure time you know when we were out there it was kind of stay off your feet but like in the rooms you know coach didn't really want us in the sun like that and we, we were all there because we wanted to win so it, it was really but it, it was all worth it because that last night you know we were all just up and just you know in the at the beach and you know we got that morning too to kind of celebrate and kind of be on the beach and do all these other things but as of like it wasn't it was a business trip and, and it paid off and it, and it shows when uh you and i talked a little bit on the post game show but coach sprinkle coaches you guys hard and and i i've, I've been privy to a few of the things that you guys have gone through but uh, is that something that you've always appreciated, uh, hard coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to you have to appreciate hard coaching if you want to be a great player, you know. And you know, you have to have thick skin. You have to you have to kind of you have to take what he's saying, but not how he's saying it. Kind of that's kind of yeah. the way I, I kind of look at it. Is like you have to take what he's saying, but not how he's saying it. You know, sometimes it could be intense and aggressive and stuff like that. But if you decipher all that and take what he's saying, you know, it's because he cares and he wants you know he wants the best and he wants to win. So. Have you uh, had to be a little bit of a facilitator because guys that aren't used to that, and you're like, hey, you know what? I've been around him for a few years. I know what it's like. Let me walk you through this. A facilitator of, like, what, Sprinkle wants? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Most, most definitely. You know, that was the whole summer off season. I mean, still to this day, you know, it was off the court, you know, on the road, how he likes things done and on the road trip, you know, how you know how we 
how we approach things, you know, all, all, all that type of stuff. And it's, it's paid off, but yeah, definitely me, me and great, both of us have had to kind of be that, be those guys to kind of show like, you know, how, how Sprinkle likes things done and how the coaches like things done. When you uh, hit the transfer portal and you had some options available and I guarantee you had a lot of options available to you, just knowing who you are as a player and how good you are. What was it about Utah State? Was it the coaching staff, or what was it that made you settle in and be like, okay, this is where I want to be? Well, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, the coaches had a big, big, uh, a big play in that. You know, it was it was a process. It was just one of those things where it, it was I, I really wanted to I was really wanted to stay. You know, obviously, I was planning on staying, but you know, the coaching switch happened and still considered staying and all that type of stuff. You know, Bozeman was home to me, and it was it was really nice to me, treated me really nice and stuff. So, but. Um, yeah, the coaches played a big role in that and just made the made the transition very seamless for me. And, you know, I appreciate it. So um, when you look at this week coming up, and I think there's a lot of people across the conference, and I talk to a lot of guys, you know, other play-by-play guys, and they're like, hey, you know, are you guys for real? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're for real. This is, this is a good team we got here. Um, what – but there's a lot of people saying, well, let's wait and see what happens when this team gets into conference. Let's wait and see a little bit l- – further on where this team's at do you feel how i guess the question is how how close are you to getting to the point where you guys are playing your best basketball because i know there's still a lot of room for improvement yeah i mean there's always room for improvement there always will be up until the last game of the season but it's uh, it's it's one of those things that it, it comes with experience it comes with games and we'll learn from each game and then that's that's the way that we'll that's the way that we'll get better, and that's where we'll kind of learn ourselves. And it'll it'll just happen through through time. Do you scoreboard watch? Do you keep tabs around the Mountain West, or is it too early for that? Oh no, I keep tabs. I, I look around. You know, I don't. I I can't watch every game. Yeah. I don't have enough time for that. But you know, when the when there's games on, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll look and all those other things. Yeah. You, uh, it's a good conference. You fired up to get into it. I'm sure. Great conference. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, this is obviously best conference I've ever been a part of, and I'm I'm very excited. Well, when you look at uh, how good this team can be and some of the fun things coming up, I know you're fired up. This team's fired up, and uh, it should be a fun week coming up. What are your keys? What do you guys got to be? Uh, what do you guys got to be great at this week against uh, two really good teams in Santa Clara and San Francisco? Oh, we just have to do what we've been doing. Just defend. We have to defend. We have to. We have to rebound, and just just do what we've been doing. Keep sharing the ball. Just all all the little things. There's nothing nothing crazy that needs to happen. Yeah. Nothing spectacular. Just do just do what we do and do what we've been doing. I always ask guys this because we want to get to know you not just as a player but as a person as well. I know you want to keep playing and playing for a long time, but when you uh, when you hang up the shoes, you want to get into coaching or what, what? What are your plans? Yeah, coaching always seemed very ideal for me. I, I think I know the game really well, and I'd like to I like to think I know the game really well, and and like to spread that knowledge and kind of and and do that for a living. But you know, I I always for at least the past year or two, I've always tried to think outside of basketball what would I do if basketball wasn't a thing at all yeah so I've been trying to focus on more of that but uh if I had the opportunity to yeah I don't think I would pass up coach yeah get out of the media media guys are the worst man. <laughs> stay away from that hey appreciate it man Got good you. luck this week Thank thanks you so for much. stopping by thank you that's Darius Brown Utah State in action coming up this week they got big ones against uh obviously Santa Clara coming up on Wednesday and then San Francisco in the Delta Center coming up on Saturday. And make sure to get those tickets. Go to utahstateaggies.com. Final segment with Danny Sprinkle. We'll wrap this thing up and uh, get you ready for some games this week right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield.
Coach and I were just talking about, you can take the boy out of the Big West, you can't take the Big West out of the boy. How about Long Beach State? Man. Reckon Brawny's debut just, at USC. Yeah, I, I talked to Munson last night, yeah. and uh, he said the environment was rocking. He said it got so loud in there. I mean, people were there two hours before the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the hottest ticket in town right yeah. there. Crazy. To go in there and get that W, I, I, he's got to be grinning. Especially from in overtime. Here. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, Michigan, DePaul, and USC rocked wow. off. All right, so uh, before we wrap things up, Coach, uh, keys, what do you need to do? Obviously, two very different teams are going to be playing in Santa Clara and San Francisco. Um, one, a true road game, and then a uh, neutral site at the Delta yeah. Center. You hope that Aggie fans have packed that thing, but is it is it kind of, you know, when you play in those arenas that are a little bit bigger, and does that mess with your shooting at all? Are you concerned about that, or is that is that just – It actually might help our shooting, hopefully, <laughs> you know, which is crazy, but it's uh, – you know, I, I don't think it will. I think our guys will be invited. They'll be they'll be excited, to, you know, to play in that environment, yeah. NBA arena. But also at Santa Clara, like that's a great gym too. And and uh, you know, I know our guys know how good Santa Clara is, and so I know I know we'll come and compete. You uh you got off to such a great start in that game against Northwest Nazarene with your starters, and then the reserves struggle yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, some of the plus minus numbers in that game were just crazy weird. <laughs> exactly. uh, but uh, what's, what's been the message uh, this, these last couple of days of practice? Yeah. You know, uh, obviously we just, you know, we had a little practice today, you know, just, it's hard getting around final schedules and things, but you know, our, our, our bench, they, they got the message and uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter what game, like you got to come mentally and physically prepared and, and your intent's got to be pure. Like you got to, you got to play the game the right way. When you're not, the basketball gods are going to expose you. Yeah. You know, they just are. It happens every time. And, and uh, I didn't like our energy on the defensive side and, uh, with our bench. And uh, and it showed. That's when uh, they came and went on a 14-4 to run when we made our subs. Do you um, – it, it, it looked like after the Cayman Islands that you would really kind of dialed in on your, you know, eight-man rotation. And then you worked some more guys in uh, in that game against San Diego – do you anticipate kind of trimming it back down a little bit, or do you anticipate you know more of that ten-man rotation you've been using a little bit more over uh, yeah. the last couple of games? I think it's going to be. I think it'll be in that ten range for a while because there's still, you know, there's still guys that we need to find minutes for. You know, whether it's Carson or whether it's Nigel, you know, and guys like that that, you know, they're capable of helping us. You know, and a lot of it depends on the lineup that the opposing team plays, whether they're big or they're if they're playing four guards. Uh, if they're playing zone, you know, we can play only certain guys. And so, but I, I like that flexibility that we have uh, with so many guys that, you know, we're not scared to put any of them into game at any time. And, uh, you know, it's just now when, when their number gets called, they got to be ready and they got to produce. When you have two games in a week, I'm always kind of curious because I know coaching staffs do it differently. I've worked with a bunch of different coaches, uh, but uh, do you, do you have a guy look uh, looking ahead already to San Francisco? Have you peeked ahead to San yeah. Francisco, or is it just all Santa Clara right now? No, I I don't. I never peek ahead. Uh, like I said, I just think the basketball guys are watching. Yeah, yeah. do that. Uh, you know, but uh, we we break up the scouts. Um, you know, Coach Haslam has Santa Clara, uh, and then I think believe Coach Hill has you know San Francisco, and so as soon as their scouts are over, they start working on the next one. Now, there might be some times where. You know, we didn't do it this week, but if we play on, like, Thursday or Saturday, we may show a little bit of San Francisco stuff. Now, our players won't know it, but we may do some drills, whether it's defensively guarding some of their actions, and they may think it's Santa Clara. But we, we didn't do that uh, this week, um, you know, just one game at a time. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, our guys got to, you know, we got to, we got to, we're going to have to play our best game on, on Wednesday to get a win. How do you divvy up those scouts? We do, a, uh, you know, I let the assistants kind of do it. And, you know, we, they'll never have, they'll never have back-to-back scouts. And so, you know, it'll just go from Johnny to Andy to Chris to Eric, and then it'll kind of start over. And that way they have, you know, two weeks, you know, so they can really dive into that team and watch all the film that they need to do. Now it's hard when you're in like the Cayman Islands, you're playing back to back to back, and you don't know who you're playing on that third day. And when you get in the Mountain West tournament, uh, yep. whoever had the scout earlier in the year on yep. those teams will handle that. Yep. So you okay. may have back to back games. Yeah. And uh, the good thing is you've already faced that team twice, and you know I've already coached against them twice, so I kind of know what we need to do. Yep. Or what adjustments we need to make. Well, coach, first show under the uh, yeah. under the belt there. Let's go. No, Matt, no doubt. Thanks Give for Rubies to having us. And yeah. Go Aggies. Dad does a great job down yeah. here. And remember, we'll do it every Monday. Come on by, hang out with us. It's the Aggie Coaches Show at Rubies Pizzeria and Grill right here on the Aggie Sports Network uh, from Learfield. Wednesday, Santa Clara. Saturday, San Francisco. Get your tickets, utahstateaggies.com, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. From Rudy's, this has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Holiday Inn Express, Stay Smart, Beaver Mountain, Come Ski the Beam, Smith's, Fresh for Everyone, Sports Academy and Racquet Club, Your Club, Your Results, Your Life, Zion's Bank, We Haven't Forgotten Who Keeps Us in Business, Ford, Go Further, and by Ruby's, home of the Aggie Coaches Show. The proceeding has been a Learfield presentation on the Aggie Sports Network.